Welcome to the overnight crowd on this Monday evening. Bray Loveridge with you. It's 11 o'clock on the dot. Good to be with you here on SEN. Send all your texts through 0433981116. Any questions, queries that you have uh, from the weekend of sport or even give us a call. one 736 736 That is the number to get onto. We're going to have now a little chat about the Big Bash and even a bit of the Cricket Australia Awards night this evening with Ethan Roth, who is a good friend of the show. He joins me on the line now. Good day to you, Ethan. Evening, Bray. Good to be back on the uh, SEN airwaves. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what a night. Oh, well, what a weekend of cricket and what a what a night of the awards this evening. Yeah, it always comes around pretty quickly, the awards night. Uh, pretty hectic schedule for the players going to India tomorrow. So I know a few of them didn't really, you know, weren't too keen for tonight. But, uh, yeah, good all... Um, all around awards, obviously Steve Smith with his fourth uh, Alan Border medal, pretty deserving, and then the rest of the awards took place. So not too many surprises in there, and I guess now it's on to the next 12 months is probably, you know, arguably the most challenging for the Australian team in quite some time. For sure. Let's go just quickly back to that first final. Uh, yes, the first final that we had between the Thunder and the, the Heat. It was pretty controversial for people that are uh, catching up on it. Brisbane Heat one by eight runs on the DLS method. Just take us back to to what was so controversial about that night. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the Heat batted first. Kawaja made a brilliant ninety four and you know got well above two hundred. Um, so, which was yeah, definitely a a brilliant score, especially in the final. And then it didn't really seem like rain was on the agenda for much of the match. But as we know, Sydney can throw up some curveballs when it comes to the rain and uh, the Thunder, they were batting reasonably well without, you know, they obviously had to go over 10 and over, so they were about 1 for 52 just before the 7th over was completed, so, um, yeah, obviously that was when the rain came into effect and they didn't get back on, so pretty disappointing end for Thunder. Uh, I don't think they would have won anyway, but Warner was finding his straps, I think he, um, you know, for the first time in the tournament, so it was, of course, when he was actually playing well, the rain came. So, um, yeah, pretty disappointing for the Thunder, but I think the Heat would probably would have won anyway. We moved to Saturday and the, uh, I think, yeah, the qualifier, the Scorchers and the Sixers, uh, the Sixers won the toss, went in and had a bat. They wanted Steve Smith to score as much runs as he could, potentially score a third ton. He was dropped by Aaron Hardy, but then David Payne came through with a big wicket, getting him out for just 18 and... No one really got going apart from Moses Henriquez and Jordan Silk. Uh, no one else could really fought, do much with the bat for the Sixers. Yeah, it was quite an interesting game. Uh, I don't reckon there was anyone too more relieved than Aaron Hardy when Payne got the wicket of Smith. Obviously, Hardy got that brilliant catch uh, a few minutes earlier to just dismiss Curtis Patterson. And then, yeah, got uh, Payne got Smith out for 18. Uh, and Rakers and Silk did pretty well to get it to 150. I think at one stage, looks like they weren't even going to get to 120. So mm. in the end, it was a reasonably competitive score. And when Sean Abbott came in and got yeah. three wickets um, in the first four overs, I think everyone probably thought this could be a, an upset. But as Ashton Turner's done so many times, he comes in, makes an 80. Um, Bancroft, you know, bats right through. Just shows the depth of the scorchers and... Um, you know, they're going to be really tough to beat again on Saturday. But I guess, guess whoever they're versing, um, 
you know, will have a challenge themselves. But the Sixers get another chance, which is, I guess, one of the benefits of finishing top two. For sure. And looking at that Scorchers innings or Bancroft and Turner with a two to get it done. And what a back end of the season to act that Ashton Turner has had. He didn't start too well, but since probably just after Christmas, early January, he's been firing. Yeah, I feel like it's been a little bit of a while in the making of Ashton Turner. Obviously, he's played for Australia, played a bit of IPL as well. And I think there was probably a bit of a lean run, um, you know, between those years. You know, he's had a lot of shoulder injuries, but it feels like he's finally getting back to his best. Um, his captaincy is outstanding. Just yeah, so calm and collected the crease, has so much experience. So there has been a lot of calls for him to get back in the Australian team. And even some are suggesting as far as to captain the Australian T20 team, which would be a big call, but um, maybe he could be the right person for the job. Yeah, for sure. It'd be interesting to see what could happen if you can get back in that side. Well, move to last night's game, the Renegades and the Heat. The Heat won by seven wickets there at Marvel Stadium. Only about 10,000 in attendance, a bit controversial with the Australian Open men's final on pretty much the exact same time. But you look at that Renegades innings, they got to 162. Probably a bit lucky that lucky they did, but Sean Marsh, what an impact he's had since he's come back into this side. Yeah, absolutely. He might be, you know, in his twilight years, 39 years of age, but Sean Marsh looked a class above last night. I was a bit disappointed. I'm not sure if too many other people took interest, but the last, I think, over, Sean Marsh didn't face the ball. Now, I'm not saying that would have changed the whole course of the match, but and obviously they had to take everyone that they could. But, yeah, Marsh not facing the last uh, ball in the last over when he was on 82, I felt was... Probably a bit strange. Um, and I thought 162 was about a half score. Um, but as we know, the test players, it was Mukawaja in particular, just uh, at another level. And um, they looked like they could have a bit of a batting collapse there when Kawaja got out. Had a bit of a memory back to BBL 08 where the Renegades beat the Stars. Thought it could be something like that. But I guess those wickets in hand came uh, handy for the, the Heat. So they advanced, which is a pretty good effort after finishing fifth. Yep. Now we look forward to this game on Thursday. Now it's going to be interesting because both sides are losing a couple of players. Obviously the Sixers, they'll lose Steve Smith and Nathan Lyon. Uh, obviously they probably would have wanted to play Nathan Lyon at the SCG and the and the Heat obviously will lose Marnus and Kawaja. Now they, it's obviously going to weaken these two sides. How much do you think it will weaken them and who could potentially come back into these sides to fill their gaps? I think it will definitely weaken the, the heat more so. Obviously, losing someone like Kawaj with the form he's been in, as well as, you know, Renshaw making a 90-odd a couple of weeks ago. And even Marnus, you know, even Marnus, even though he hasn't been at his absolute best in the Big Bash, he's still, you know, a big hole in the team. Um, for the Sixers, I think, you know, yes, losing Steve Smith is a massive, you know, disadvantage. But I think the one thing that the Sixers do is they usually don't rely on one player to have a a really good, um, you know, balance with their squad. I think someone like a Daniel Hughes could come back into the lineup for the Sixers and bat, you know, number three, uh, or even could open if required um, with Philippi. And for the Heat, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Maxi Bryant will be around there. I think Nathan McSweeney was one that was probably a bit unlucky to lose his spot. Obviously, they're not going to, you know, not pick the Test players when they came back. But McSweeney made an eighty odd. Um, not too long ago, so I think he could potentially come back into the middle order. Yeah, right. it will be interesting to see. And obviously, we have the final coming up on Saturday. Scorchers are hosting it at Optus, at Optus Stadium. Now, 
Tickets were sold out in the first release in only a couple of hours, I believe. Uh, a second release is set to come out on uh, Friday once uh, the second or the visiting side is announced and it's all confirmed, locked in. So it's probably going to be a 60,000 fan sale at Optus Stadium. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere for a Big Bash final. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, I was at the, the final against the Sixers and that felt, you know, crazy. So I can't even imagine how the players, you know, felt and what it's going to be like for the final. Um, you know, the Perth fans have probably been starved of a lot of cricket in recent years due to COVID. So they're always good with their numbers. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be, you know, they'll be going for a fifth title now, scorched in front of their home fans. And it's actually been five years since they've played a final in in Perth. So for a side that's been so successful, it has been a little while as well since they've had the opportunity to hold the trophy up. Yeah, for sure. And uh, plenty happened tonight in the Cricket cricket Awards night. Uh, Beth Mooney and Steve Smith picking up the highest honours. A bit of a controversial one, though, I guess you could say, was David Warner getting the ODI Player of the Year. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised. He had a, you know, ODI probably has been his best form, but I was looking at his stats. He's only made one big score, which was 178. Hasn't made a, a 50 um, apart from that. So I guess there hasn't been a lot of ODI cricket, so there hasn't been you know a lot to go off. But I thought maybe a Travis Head probably could have had similar numbers to, to Warner, but played less. So I think... Maybe uh, Head could have been a bit, um, considering himself a bit robbed, but um, I think it just comes down to the fact that there probably wasn't a lot of ODI cricket to, to choose from, and that 178 is you know hard to shy away from. So with the World Cup coming up and hopefully some more ODI cricket, um, maybe we can see if Warner you know truly um, you know that really reflects his, his form in that in that uh, form of the game. For sure, and um, obviously Steve Smith. Won the Alan Border Medal this evening, and uh, Beth Mooney the Belinda Clark Medal. But you were—I know you're pretty. Well, you were kind of keen on, you know, if whoever should, whoever wins the Test Player of the Year should win the Alan Border Medal. You're, what, what are your thoughts on this? On your opinion here? Yeah, it might be a bit controversial. I'm not saying it's 100% the way to go. I just think you know, Test cricket is the purest form of the game. It's called Test cricket for a reason, and Obviously, there are T20 and ODI cricket, but I just feel, you know, if you are the Test Player of the Year, maybe that's also worthy of the Allen Border Medal, or maybe they could just make the Test Player of the Year and the Allen Border Medal, you know, the same award. Um, but I understand that in this day and age, there's a lot of bigger, bigger emphasis on ODI cricket and particularly T20 cricket. So I understand it's, you know, probably the right call to go who's the best cricketer over the three formats, um, which I think Steve Smith probably is we know Kawaja only plays Test now, so yeah, I mean I'm not totally against it, but I, I thought Kawaja, even though he won other some other awards, I think I was kind of surprised that he wasn't even nominated, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, well, you would think would it not be the three nominees from each side that would be the or of each format, or no, the three winners of each format that would be the nominees for the Allen Border? Is that sort of where, is that is that what you would like to happen? Uh, potentially, but yeah, like arguably not as well. Cause I think, you know, you probably wouldn't want the T20 player of the year winning the Allen Border Medal or nominated unless, you know, they're genuinely playing test cricket or ODI cricket as well. Um, I just think I just found it a bit weird and it happens every year, but I found it, I just find it interesting how Steve Smith barely gets any mention all night 
apart from, you know, a few nominations and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden he gets the highest individual honour at the end of the night. I just find it strange. Mm. Um, not saying that Alan Border medal should be put at the front of the night. I still think it should be put at the back. But it's just interesting because I don't think a lot of people even know how it works. Like, is there a voting system behind it? Like, who decides? It's just, it is very, it seems very secretive to me. Yeah, no. Very valid indeed, and your opinion is your opinion, and you're entitled to it, and it's definitely one that's worth, uh, I guess, having a chat about as well. So if you have an opinion on what Ethan thinks about the Allen Border Medal and the nominees, then send it through 0433981116. Well, Ethan, appreciate your time as always. I know you've, uh, well, you've got a indoor footy game tonight. Uh, how, how do you reckon you're going to go on that? Yeah, Drew, we, uh, well, we've, Won our last two out of three games, so hopefully the the winning continues. It's definitely nothing like normal footy, so <laughs> yeah, hopefully we can uh, get on the scoreboard. How many snags for you tonight? Oh, I don't want to put a label on it, but I don't know, one or two would be nice. You, 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 def- you definitely play down in the forward pocket. You'd think that, but I've been put back a lot lately, really? which I don't mind because... Um, for anyone who knows into footy, there's not a lot of room to lead in the forward line. Like, you yeah. get stuck in positions and there's zoning. So, back line's not bad because you can have a bit more freedom and, yeah, that sort of thing. But, yeah, hope we get the W. Oh, well, best of luck to you and your boys for some indoor footy tonight. Appreciate you jumping on the line and uh, good luck tonight. Thanks, Bray. Chat soon.